There it is. Remember Fiona Apple? I do. Wasn't a huge fan. She she was fine. Just wrong wrong time for me. She was pretty. Shut up and sit down. Welcome back to the Relatively Speaking Podcast. We are recording on Monday morning. It is July 31st. I'm your co-host, Jared Mintz, and joining me on this lovely Monday morning is my co-host, Joseph Nardone. Joe, how was your weekend? It was very good. I can't complain. I was unable to cut the grass, which was stinky because the weather was a little bit all over the place. But other than that, it was, it was, it was good. A little uneventful. We didn't do too many crazy things. Uh, we didn't do any things, really. We had... Uh, cheeseburgers and hamburgers and pasta salad yesterday, though. How was your uh, weekend? Was it a barbecue or a cookout that led you to having these cheeseburgers, hamburgers, and pasta salad? Oh, this wasn't even a cookout. This was a very much glorified, we're going to use a griddle to quickly make cheeseburgers and, and hot dogs. So this wasn't even a cookout. This was, we did, we did make it outside because the griddle grease pops all over the place. We don't like cleaning that up in the kitchen. But it wasn't even a cookout. We made the food outside. We went inside. We ate inside, and that was pretty much that. That sounds fun. A lot of fun. What What do you mean the weather was too all over the place to mow the lawn? That sounds like a bad excuse. Well, one, you can't – no one's ever confused me with the person afraid to cut their lawn. I cut my lawn like five days a week, five out of the five, of the, five days out of the week. So uh, it was just weird. Like in the morning, it would be too wet. and like I don't like cutting the grass when it's wet because I have a new lawnmower, and I want to take care of it, and I don't want that stuff shooting up in it. So uh, – when the afternoons would hit you guys, so remember, I work till 6 o'clock every day. So I, I have that wi- like a window in the morning uh, where I could be an annoying neighbor that cut the grass before 8 o'clock. Or I could cut it around after 6, and usually after 6 the last couple of days. It's been, it's been I don't want to say wet. It's been moist. And I, like I told you, I don't like when I cut my grass when it's, like, it's like wet-ish. And also, like, it's the weekend, so my family wanted to do stuff. And so we had to do stuff. But I, did, I was unable to use my, uh, my beautiful red lawnmower. Whole lot of excuses for a guy who says he cuts his lawn five days a week, but uh, I was I was weed whacking yesterday, and my neighbor told me I had a problem. Wow, what kind of problems? What does she, that mean? Well, she said you're back at it. Her name's Allie. Allie said, "Hey, what's going on?" I'm like, "No, just weed whacking." She's like, "You do it." And I weed whack about every third day, I guess. And she goes, "You're doing it again?" I'm like, "Yeah." She goes, "You have a problem." And then she drove away. So I don't know if that meant maybe I had a different problem. Maybe she has issues with me that I'm unaware of, and she was telling me I had a problem elsewhere. Maybe she thinks I'm too jovial. I don't know. Maybe it had nothing to do with whacking. Maybe she was just trying to pick a fight. Sounds like we got problems with Allie. I think, uh, Allie, if you're listening to the podcast, you know, come on, bring it. Bring it to Joe, obviously, not to me, not to our podcast, but, you know, knock on his door, fight him, do whatever you got to do. You can add him on Twitter at Joseph Nardone, <laughs> J-O-S-E-P-H-N-A-R-D-O-N-E. Uh, just tell him, tell him what his problem is. I think, I think you missed an E in the Joseph. I don't think so. J O S E P H. Who would say J O S P H? I mean, that's, that's yeah, somebody that just says it really quickly. Anyway, well, I'm glad to hear about your weekend. Well, tell that, me about your weekend. Cool. Feed me information. What did you do? It was cool, man. We visited uh, a baby on Saturday, newborn baby, and then yesterday was my nephew's third birthday party. So a lot of kids. The and this is going to sound terribly vain of me. I mean, it was really nice to spend time with these kids. Like, really, really nice. Saturday, we went to this place, J. Timothy's Tavern. It's in Plainville, Connecticut. They have, I think, the number two ranked wings in America. So we got some good chicken wings on Saturday. It made it made everything worth it. Nice. Well, that's good. So you saw, you saw a baby and a three-year-old. Did this make you want to have kids or made you less want to have kids? 
It's a tough question, Joe. I'm going to be really honest. It makes me want to more, just like holding babies, because, I mean, there were more babies at the party yesterday, you know, more newborns. So, you know, you hold a newborn, and they're sitting there so calm and relaxed, and it's it's kind of one of those empowering feelings that you would want to experience yourself. But, um, yeah, I'm not impulsive about having a baby, so no, nothing's really out there making me want to have a baby. We're going to do this on, on, on our own terms, and uh, we'll let you guys know. Well, let me tell you something. Generally... I, and I'm, I'm not speaking from experience necessarily, but from everybody I know that has kids, it's usually not on their own terms. Did you die? No, I didn't die. I'm alive. I'm, I'm alive. This is the podcast that we talked about a couple weeks ago. You're dead. Do I stop doing it or do I continue doing the podcast in your memory? We are not dead. Keep keep going with me, preferably. If you want to get somebody else on, I recommend Mirren, but uh, that that's okay. All right, Joe, I guess we should start talking about sports at some point today and not babies anymore. What do you think? I mean, I could go 30 minutes on babies, but we could, we could pivot to sports. Yeah, let's pivot. I mean, look, it's going to be a, a tough day of sports stuff to talk about. We don't really need to get into Steph Curry mocking LeBron with Kyrie laughing next to him. I mean, I think that's that's about the extent of that conversation. It it happened. I don't know what else there is to say. I'm sure. I'm sure Stephen A is going to come on screaming today about Them it. Damn millennials! Yeah, let, let's <laughs> let him have it. The disrespect that Steph Curry shows. I mean, like I don't. Ooh, what you is look at Stephen A. Do the rest of I the show on Stephen A. I don't want to do impressions. I always think it's probably racist, so I don't want to do impressions. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's much to talk about with that. I, I was saying to you, we we kind of have two things to talk about today. One of them is Allen Iverson and the big three, and the other is is a sport that we don't talk about much because I don't think either of us really watches that much. But over the weekend, you know, John Jones fought for UFC, and John Jones is probably, this isn't hyperbolic, John Jones is probably the best fighter that that company has had for this decade, in the 2010s. And unfortunately, you know, he doesn't have that reputation outside of UFC fans because the guy hasn't been in the ring very much. He's gotten suspended multiple times for, for drug use. He got arrested for, for hit and run a few years back. Uh, I mean, it's just he hasn't been reliable. He's the kind of guy who they were hoping could carry that company, and he hasn't been able to do it, yet every time he gets back in the ring, he reminds us just how damn talented he is and how much better he is than the rest of the competition. And unfortunately for Daniel Cormier, we saw that on Saturday night. It looked like a good fight through the first two rounds, and then round three came, and Cormier looked winded. He couldn't keep up with John Jones. He was trying to reduce his length all night, which John Jones just has this incredible reach on everybody. If you were on Twitter, you saw everybody comparing him to Dalsim from Street Fighter just because, I mean, his legs are two feet longer than anybody else's. And, you know, we woke up in a world where John Jones is a champion again after being suspended for a year. Joe, again, I know UFC isn't really our wheelhouse, but what were your thoughts on, on this whole John Jones thing? My wheelhouse. This is my... No, I'm just kidding. Um, well, the thing is, Cormier, like, you know... I'm not going to say he's a bum, but like, the thing is, everybody knew John Jones was going to whoop him. Um, it, provided John Jones was healthy and he, his mind was in the right place, because he does come with all that baggage and all that stuff. But I don't think anybody actually saw, thought Cormier had a chance, um, at least from the people that I follow that are MMA enthusiasts. Christian Ibarra, who's our MMA writer fan of sports, told me like this should be like a no-brainer. Like If you had to bet your house on it, even if the payoff's not great, you got to bet on, on John Jones. Um it's it's weird, right? Because I'm, I'm excited that he won. I'm excited he has the title back. I'm excited that he's back, like air quotation marks. But, like, I'm really hesitant to get too excited, I guess, because I feel like the inevitable mess-ups down the road because I don't trust him. He doesn't get the benefit of the doubt from me anymore. 
Uh, even though, like, most of the time, I don't even care if my athletes do whatever. Like, I don't, like, outside of murder or domestic abuse or stuff like that, like, serious things, I don't care if they go out and smoke pot or do, uh, or snort lines. I really don't. But the problem with his sport is if you do it, you can't fight. So, uh, I kind of need him to not do that so I can enjoy him. I thought the most interesting part was him calling out Brock Lesnar after, and there was already rumors that Lesnar was back in the USDA testing pool and that this might be a go for December already. Yeah, that, that's the interesting part. I think we should save that, though. I mean, like, unless that's really the only thing you're interested in, in John Jones about, that he might have this fight with Brock Lesnar coming out, and the UFC is just doing everything they can to capitalize on publicity and big names, which, hey, do what you got to do to be popular and successful. To me, I mean, the story is more that we're still rooting for John Jones, and I, I don't know if we should or shouldn't. I don't know if this is a story of a guy who it's, we feel bad for him that he's had these things come up, but at the same time, it doesn't exactly seem like he's somebody who's wanted to right these wrongs. The fact that he's had so many things avalanche for him over the last few years, and then you get a guy like Daniel Cormier who came into this fight you know, 19-1. and The only loss he had was when him and Jones fought the first time. He isn't a slouch, per se. I, I understand that most people thought Jones was going to win, but... I, I found it interesting that more people weren't rooting for Cormier, and I don't know what we should be doing. I don't know what's right and wrong. I don't know if it's right to root for John Jones. I don't know if it's wrong to be a loyal fan of UFC and say, this guy doesn't care enough about, about his career or about the company. He doesn't take it serious enough. It pisses me off that he's had to bow out of main like huge fights in the past, and now whenever he shows up, we're supposed to root for him. I don't know if it's right that, that that should be the stance, that you should be rooting for him to get back and for him to be the best form of himself, or you should kind of just be like, you know what, get yourself together. Like you mentioned, it, it kind of feels a little bit like a ticking time bomb of just waiting for that next terrible thing to happen with him where you don't see him again for another year, if not two years. And now all of a sudden, he wins his fight, he has his belt, and we're talking about a huge you know, fight of the century against Brock Lesnar, and I don't know if it's right or wrong. Well, that's the thing, like... It's weird, right? So the right and the wrong, like if we get the super nuance with this, this is going to be parts of John Jones we may not like as a person, right? And that's in each their own situation. If you don't like him for his personal behavior, fine. But then you have the one, like you mentioned before, it doesn't seem like sometimes he doesn't want to get right. And then you can get into this discussion about addiction and how most addicts don't actually want to get fixed because they're just so into their addiction, they have no idea what's going on around them, really. You know what I mean? They don't even think about it as addiction. So it's really easy to be like, oh, why are these issues going on? Why don't you want to fix them? But when you're in the middle of that, you don't, you're so far into the forest, you can't see the trees or whatever that saying is, you know? So I, I do kind of want to give him, give him like the chance there to be like, hey, it's tough. Um, you know, like it's a national problem. It's not like a UFC problem where people are addicted to, to drugs or, or booze or whatever. Um, but his, his last suspension was for doping, too. That, that's why, you know, this Cormier fight had to take a year. It's not just, a, you know, this is a guy who, you know, we worry he, he likes to put stuff up his nose. This is, he hasn't been able to stay clean for fighting either. You know, this, this is just, every, every which way you go, it seems that there is a bump in the road, and I don't, you know, use that word to be funny or anything. I, I just am conflicted that it's been, if it's not one thing, it's been the other thing with him. Yeah, I'm, well, the, see, this gets tough for me because I kind of get white guys in violent sports dope, and I don't consider, consider it morally wrong. It's against the sports rules, obviously, and it causes issues for our entertainment because he gets suspended because of it. But if I'm getting walloped in the face a bazillion times and I have to wallop another dude in the face a bazillion times, I'm going to dope too. So I'm not saying what he, and I'm not trying, like, I guess I am making excuses for him. But, like, whenever somebody gets caught doping, I actually totally get it. 
and I'm I don't want to get this whole thing where I'm pro doping in sports, which I am, but I think they should be regulated and it should be okay considering it's all violent. But I don't hate him. I don't think I like him either. I think it's when he pops up, I'm really excited that he pops up. I, uh, we won't go into the Lesnar stuff, but that's already going to be the fight that's touted about. It's going to be the, probably the probably the biggest fight, if it were to happen, the biggest fight in UFC history. But I don't actually expect it to ever happen because I don't trust John Jones. Um, so, yeah, I can see how the rights and wrongs here, or like, not the rights and wrongs, I can see both perspectives here where, yeah, you want, like people, some people want to be excited when he comes back. And I don't think it's because they like him as much as they're like, yeah, he's probably the greatest MMA fighter in the history of the sport. I, I mean, at least when I listen, talk, listen or read other people's uh, writing on him, that's what most of them consider the greatest MMA fighter. Uh, a, a lot of them, not most, I don't say. Many of them said, air quotation marks. But, so I think that's why people get excited, because people like seeing excellence. I think it's the same reason why people pay to see Floyd Mayweather fight. Um, there's also more to it than that. Mayweather gets, people want to see him get knocked out. It's weird John Jones doesn't really get that. Nobody really wants to see him knocked out. They just wanted to see him continue to win. So I don't I don't think I have anything else on that because it's it's one of those deals where he's messed up a ton, and I don't believe that he'll be on the straight and narrow all the way through. But at the same time, I don't feel like I can rain down judgment on him either. Yeah, and that, that's fine. And I'm not looking – this isn't the show to crush the guy after his win. I mean, we could have been talking about him preparing for this fight for a while. I don't mean to just bring attention to him for winning. I just have found myself, especially with the the press conferences taking place over the last, you know, week and recently, where Daniel Cormier is kind of just like the the guy who does rank, the guy who carried the torch while John Jones was was suspended, the guy who every time John Jones does get suspended, it's like this guy steps up and he's he's a good fighter too. It's not like he's a bad fighter. Just John Jones is a transcendent fighter and he's been the most talented fighter who we've seen over the last ten years and uh in a division, in a you know, in a weight class that was probably the best weight class for the UFC over the ten year period before this, if not all time. This is the guy that that was supposed to carry the torch, and he hasn't been very reliable for the company. I just have found it interesting how we root for him over Daniel Cormier. Also, I find it interesting, you know, shouldn't we be rooting for him to get better and to to be this this all time great fighter? I don't know. I'm conflicted on it. I wanted to see what your thoughts are, and I I just. I find it to be an interesting thing, and now with the, the Brock Lesnar hype coming up, I find that to be interesting, too, because Brock Lesnar weighs like 75 pounds more than him. Brock Lesnar wasn't exactly a UFC fighter, and that's not to take anything away from his training or anything like that. Just the guy would get in the ring, and he would use his size, which, hey, if that's what works, that's what works. But he wasn't necessarily a skilled fighter. He's a great wrestler, not a skilled MMA fighter. And now these two are going to get together for all of the headlines and all the pay-per-view shares, and... That's going to be interesting, too, if John Jones could stay clean. Joe, what's your early prediction for that fight? Uh, John Jones. I mean, I just went on to say that people that I trust and I like that cover MMA say he's the greatest MMA fighter of all time. And even though I like Brock Lesnar a ton, and I'd probably root for Brock in that fight, uh, I can't be like, yeah, the greatest MMA fighter ever. He's going to lose to a, you know, part-time MMA guy. Right. Yeah. And I mean, the the weight thing is interesting to me and it kind of reminds me of UFC when it just started where, you know, you have Ken Shamrock fighting against Tank Abbott, guys who aren't in similar weight classes. It'll be interesting to see how that shakes out for this fight. But uh, hey, I mean, I guess hopefully we see it and hopefully we see John Jones stick around for a while. We just talked MMA. We did talk MMA. Speaking of guys who aren't reliable and don't show up for their job. 
Allen Iverson went AWOL for his big three game yesterday. You'll see memes on Twitter all day today of Iverson and Derrick Rose hugging and having conversations about skipping games and how it's just okay to do so. Allen Iverson, the guy who, you know, this big three pipe dream was kind of built around to. Everybody's excited to see him get back out on the court. It's been a disaster for him, and the big three just in general has been a disaster. Joe, is, is this news that Allen Iverson didn't show up? I mean, if they didn't report it, would anybody even have known? No. Um, we like we said in the beginning that the, we thought the big three was going to be disaster. I, I know I did. Did you? I think you were on that train that that uh, bandwagon as well. The I was a little was, optimistic just because I I watch anybody play basketball. Yeah, and well, I mean, yeah, there was reason to be hopeful. Um, but the the basketball tournament's proven to be nine thousand times better. I wish it got the same pub as the big three's got. And even that's not really good. No, no, I'm not saying it is, but at least there's players playing hard and stuff. You know what I mean? Um. I thought it was funny yesterday. So the Big Three releases a statement about releasing a future statement after they launched an investigation on a dude who they wanted to kind of build the re- league around. Not necessarily the, as a player, but at least Can as I like, just jump in? Can I just jump in real quick? Yeah. Them doing an investigation makes me think Michael Rappaport's going to be doing an investigation, which makes me think about Leslie Nielsen doing the investigation on The Undertaker <laughs> in 1994. Continue. Well, the thing is, wait, wait. So this is supposed to be like Allen Iverson's, like, his rep is like counterculture, hip, great, awesome. And then they say they're going to launch an investigation and they sound like the feds. Do you know what I mean? It's like, what are you doing? Um, I thought the funniest part, though, is they're, they're releasing an official statement about a future official statement um, about a game that will be tape delayed. So, <laughs> well, that's part of, like, this whole thing, like, it's not just Iverson, right? Because the easy, fun thing to talk about is Iverson and do the whole, like, we're talking about practice, we're talking about the big three, man, like, whatever, all that stuff. Uh, it's the big three, the whole model design, the numbers have gone down. Uh, awful announcing as the piece up went down um, dramatically from week to week to week. It's still better than whatever program they put on last year, but let's be honest, last year at this time they, were, they had like, I don't know, lawn darts on the television, so there was nothing but going up at this point. Uh, so, like, the, it's just, it's a, I mean, I don't know how else to put it. It's not just Iverson's fault. They're going to they're gonna try to pin a lot of this on Iverson probably as a PR move. But this, the, the league itself is already going into a pretty downward spiral, and it's the business model they set up. The one one of the great appeals of sports is that it's live, and you can't really like not watch it because people are going to spoil it for you, and then they do tape delay. And then the other appeal was, basically what they did is they tried to sell it as stuff other than nostalgia, and the only reason it was to come back was for nostalgia, and guys were getting hurt. And, like What you expect from 40-year-old men, they can't run, they're out of shape, they're not the same guys you remember, and some of them, like Allen Iverson, just don't really want to be there, so they don't go. Yeah, I hope somebody well actually is us and tells us the quality of basketball has been excellent and we're just not watching and this is an us problem. I mean, the the interesting thing here, well, there's a couple of interesting things. They're going to milk this Iverson thing as much as they can because this is the first newsworthy thing he's done in the league. I mean, he went like one for six in the first game he played and just didn't look like a basketball player anymore. I don't know if he's played in the game since. I haven't heard anything about him playing, so I, I don't even know if he's playing. But it's interesting that they're going to milk this, and I don't know if they're doing the investigation thing because, hey, it's a way to keep Allen Iverson's name in the headlines, or because they said that they were going to do this league on quality basketball, that it wasn't about names and it wasn't a publicity stunt. This was going to be about quality basketball, and it's proven to be anything but since. It's proven to be about the names, and I wonder if this is their way of saying, 
we don't care who it is. If anybody skips a game or anybody behaves like this, we're coming for them, which it just it feels so gimmicky and it doesn't matter and it's so inconsequential. It just it's sad that this is what it's come down to, but I don't know how anybody could have expected anything better than what we're getting here. Yeah, and like you said, like if this is what they want to do is like go after Allen Iverson, then they're going opposite of what they should be as a league, which is like a cool, fun, hip summer alternative. Like there shouldn't like for this kind of league to exist, like it should feel really easy. But nothing's felt easy about the big three. Every everything's felt like work. It's felt like work to remember they're on at Monday nights. It's felt like work to avoid spoilers if you want to watch them. It's felt like work for them to get players to actually show up. It's felt like work for them to keep their players healthy. It should just be like, hey, I'm going to put on the big three to see what player X I haven't seen in the play in 10 years can still do. And then just kind of parachute back out. You know what I mean? Like, it should feel like this big... They try to make it into such a thing it wasn't going to be ever because, you know, old people don't do what young people could do. And I'm not trying to be, like, ageism there. It's just that Allen Iverson at 40 can't do what Allen Iverson at 26 did. It's just not realistic. Same thing with every player on the court. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not shocked, you know what I mean, at all. I, I, I don't want to be like, I told you guys, but I felt like this was the end game. And I put the, I believe we did over-under on this league at one point. I think it was 1.5 years, and I said the over. <laughs> I said the over because I thought, like, oh, they'll at least get good enough ratings that they'll do a second year of this. Um, if they do a second year of this, it's nobody's people are going to care even less. Like, unless nobody do, cares. Who well, cares here's the, anymore? Here's the thing: like, so they did the last release, and people got excited for certain guys, like Iverson and other guys. But like, then you find out like a lot of that people excited thing. It's kind of like uh, superficial. Like, oh yeah, I'm excited for Rashad McCants, but you're not really excited for Rashad McCants. You you were just really excited for Iverson, and then you try to hype yourself up by saying all these other guys' names. So if they did come back next year and then release the roster, and it's like, oh, I'm really excited for Paul Pierce, and maybe you are, and then you're going to say a couple other names that you're really excited for, but you're really not excited for the other guys. You're really excited for the one dude, and then when you find out that guy can't ball, I'm not saying Paul Pierce won't be able to ball in the big three. He'd end up being like a world champion, but you know what I mean? Like you're not actually, Nobody was actually excited for all these other random dudes. They're, most people were excited for that, like, that one dude they really liked watching, and it just so happened to be most of them who were rooting for Allen Iverson and Jason Williams. And one get, one dude got hurt, and the other dude just doesn't go. Right, he doesn't go to school. Yeah, it's 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 funny, and I don't even know that anybody would be excited about a Paul Pierce because the allure of watching Iverson and Jason Williams is these guys have been out of our lives for years now. We have the benefit of watching Paul Pierce be glued to the bench because he can't move anymore in the NBA these last couple of years. Why am I going to want him to see him play in this other league where, well, you know, maybe he'll be more fortunate because you know it's Demar Johnson that's guarding him and not you know. Kawhi Leonard. It's just, I, I'm all the way out on the big three now, and this Iverson thing, it doesn't even hurt or help. The league was kind of dead to me after the first game, when Iverson came out and was terrible, and Jason Williams gets hurt, and other guys are getting hurt. It just, it's, this is a failure, and I'm sad to see it be a failure, and I'm sad that it's taken itself so serious, and it hasn't even allowed to just be like, you know, fun relief. Right, just fun summer basketball. That's what, was, that's what they should have done, and that's how they want. They want to make it into like a thing. And it's like, no, if you just wanted to have it be fun, loose, and now they're launching an investigation on Iverson. Yep, yep, it's wacky. An official statement about a future official statement. Yeah, it's Inception. Joe, two other basketball stories that I don't know if we have any interest in talking about. One, it looks like Danilo Gallinari broke his hand punching a guy Fits in, in, a, in a basketball game. Right, way, way to go, Clippers. Good pickup. The other, speaking about old, washed-up players, Tracy McGrady. Oh, has, come on, stop. He's not. He's retired. He's not washed. 
Well, I mean, if he came out to play, he'd probably be pretty washed. I, I don't sure, like... Chris Mullen came out to play, he'd be washed. We don't call Chris Mullen washed. Happy birthday, by the way, Chris Mullen. Happy birthday, Chris Mullen. Tracy McGrady's just had some really bad takes. I really haven't loved his transition into analysis. He is so the crotchety guy who says, well, what happens in the NBA today doesn't matter because I'm not playing in the NBA. His statement, anybody can win a championship, everybody can't get in the Hall of Fame. That's great, Tracy. Let's prop up the one thing that you did and... <laughs> Who poop against the one thing you were never able to come close to doing. Still don't believe he ever got out of the first round of the playoffs. Look, Jared Mintz is not here to, to poop well, on Tracy person. McGrady's name. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not here to say bad things about Tracy McGrady's career or to be a Tracy McGrady hater. He is just such a hater that his hate makes me hate, and I don't like it. J.R. Smith, of all people, was on Twitter calling out T-Mac, saying that it was dumb what he said. And I, I think I agree with J.R. Smith here. It's it's unfair of Tracy McGrady. Look, at the end of the day, sure, you're going to find guys who have multiple championships who weren't Hall of Fame players who kind of just sat on benches or came out and played a few roles here and there for teams that won championships. I understand saying it's a lot more difficult to make it to the Hall of Fame than it is to be that guy who's winning a championship. But it just it's such a bad look to say the thing I did is better than the thing I didn't do. I, I hate that. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of gotten to the second Paul Pierce reference in this episode, but uh, that Paul Pierce place of, I'm just going to bash everything. I'm going to go that first take route and just spit hot fire. Uh, is, that, is that Paul Pierce's thing? Does he do that? Because I would have thought that's Tracy McGrady's thing, and Paul Pierce is copying him whenever he does it. Oh, well, maybe. I don't I don't know who was first, and the ex, well, Paul Pierce wasn't the next player until just now. All uh, these guys do it, though. Steven Jackson does it, too. Steven yeah, but Jackson Steven Jackson does it in a funny way. Do you, like, I don't mind when Steven Jackson's like, yeah, I'd punch him, because you know he would. Do you know what I mean? Like, I no, don't, I don't like when Steven Jackson says the 2006-7 Warrior, Warriors would have crushed the 2015-16-73 win Warriors. I don't like it. No, I don't like it, I, at least when he does it. For me, at least when Steven Jackson does it. I, I mostly get him through the Leopard show where it's a little bit different, and his daughter's spitting out hot takes on the, on the telephone randomly. So maybe that's unfair of me to remove him from that because I like him on the Levitard show. Maybe, Joe. Maybe. 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 Well, I don't, who cares if it's fair or not? It's like all these ex-players that keep coming out and doing this stuff. It's ridiculous. It's almost like the the retired coach or the fired coach that goes into the booth and they never want to bash another coach. And everything's put in through a different spectrum. And now these guys are all caping for late 90s, early 2000s basketball. And it's just so true. And I get it. Like, when you live it, you're probably like, yeah, this is the best basketball because I played in it, and all these great players I know that I played against played in it. But, like, you could have been played in the really good era of basketball, but this one could also be really good, if not better, and it's better. I agree, Joe. All right, let's do some absurd questions and wrap up the show. Absurd questions! There he is. You want to go first today? Sure. All right, it's Jared Mintz. Referring to your third, third person, would you rather live in a world that's a zombie apocalypse or another that's filled with vampires and mummies? Oh my gosh, that's I was really going to put werewolves in the second one, too, second part here too, but I don't want to become like Twilight. You know what I mean? Right? Yeah. I mean, that might sound fun. Then I'm really terribly, deathly afraid of vampires. So I, I it depends what iteration of zombies we're Walk, talking we're, about. We're talking walking zombies, not like 28 Days Later zombies, because I'm oh. even too afraid to suggest like rabies zombies. It's really it's really a lose-lose. I mean, I think I would probably live in the zombie world, though. I think that's probably what I would do. Yeah, so if, if they're slow-moving zombies, you ever see the original uh, Night of the Living Dead, the original black and white one? No. All right, so 
I, I wanted like no, I'm sure people have seen it, but the best part of the, the movies when the girl realizes she could just outrun the zombies, right? So they're in like this farmhouse and everything's going to poop and everybody's scared and like she steps outside and then she's like, oh, I just they, they all move like at like a snail pace. I'll just run. And she just outruns all the zombies. And I'm like, yep, that's what I kind of feel like. If that's the zombies we got. That, like, I'm not saying it'd be a great world to live in, but I think, like, one, I don't think it, the zombie apocalypse would ever spread that far if they're that slow moving. But two, if it did, I think I'd do okay. Yeah, Rel- I mean, Relatively. I don't think I'd live, like, 50 years and outdo all the zombies, but I don't think I'd be one of the first casualties. Right. You could also use your brain power against them. Like, you know, you can be smart and live in a tank or something and just run everybody over. Like, it'd be easier for you to, to live and get by, I think, in that world than the vampire world. But no, I don't totally. know about mummies. How do mummies factor in? I don't what know. I was trying to do? think of a second like uh, beast to put in there, and I don't want to put werewolves in there. And Frankenstein is just one one, one doctor. A singular. Yeah, right. it's actually the doctor. It's not. I don't know if the Frankenstein's beast. So that's just one thing. So I couldn't think of a second evil entity to put in there. And I don't want to put like Freddy Krueger or Jason Voorhees, but still, get just one. So it's just vampires and mummies. Mummies is the only thing I can think of. Yeah, I'm not too afraid of mummies, but uh, I guess, you know, vampires are, are very scary to me, and I don't I don't know, man. But here's the thing, like, you become a zombie, you're a zombie, and it's like, you know, you don't have a brain anymore. You become a vampire, and it's like, well, I'm going to live forever, and I'm going to be a boss. So oh, maybe- yeah, that's the thing, like, vampires live like a boss. Like, well, how about this? We're going to put these, that's a good point to make. These, when I think vampires, I think uh, Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise interview a vampire. I think uh, the Twilight vampire, like, they're all getting... Right, all- and who's... Who's actively hunting you if you're a vampire as opposed to if you're a zombie and you don't even know what's happening? Exactly. So let's, let's remove the... Vampires aren't going to turn you. They're just going to eat your blood and you're going to die. No. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean... Because I almost feel like there's, then there's an incentive to live in the vampire world because every reason I want to be a vampire, you know, to right. do well in the open right. market. Like, like, they'll be on like, tenure right, all the time. Like, every reason you swiping the whatever the good way is on the vampire. Right, right, yeah, yeah, the ceiling of being a vampire or living in a vampire world is much higher than the ceiling of the zombie world. Yeah, exactly. Right, all right, I think that, that solves that. Joe, if you had to compete in either a competitive cooking challenge or a challenge when you're singing for judges, <laughs> which would you do better in? Uh, I'm talking like, like Chopped or like a Food Network show, not like, yeah, me, Jared, and, you know, our friend came together and cooked for like nine years. <laughs> I mean, like... We're cooking for, like, Robert Irvine and them. Well, the thing is, like, I am an awful singer. I, I can barely speak, as people that listen to the podcast regularly can tell. So it's cooking by default, not because my cooking good, just because I can at least, like, try to be better and learn how to do more before the cooking show, where my singing is never going to get better than what it is now, which is uh, ear-scratchingly bad. If you were on a competitive singing show, what would you sing? Um. Oh, that's a good question. I would. Well, do I have the voice I have now, or do I have a good singing voice? You have the voice you have now, Joe. Oh like, man! But, like I, I'd, I'd sing like uh, "Teenage Dirtbag" by Weedus. Weedus. Mm-hmm. Awesome man. That's that's great. Good things. I'm trying to think of something where the singer doesn't actually sound that great. So I can fake my way through the funk. Well, what would you do? I don't know, man. I have no idea. I might. I'd probably do uh, some iteration of a John Legend song. That's probably what I would do. I'd probably do like uh, Ordinary People, just because it's an easy song to do. I, I mean, do, it's not easy. But I would do Santana instrumental. Sorry, so I didn't. Have, so can't. I didn't have to actually sing. 
Would you be better <laughs> off playing an instrument you don't know how to play in front of judges and singing for them? Are you that bad of a singer? I'm Jared. I'm awful. And people that was like again, all the songs you hear on the show, the voice is auto tuned to not even auto tuned. It's just changed in pitch. Because if you heard, because it's me singing. If you ever heard me actually sing, it's awful. Um, I do better on an instrument that I don't know how to play. I really would. It's, I'm telling you, you can ask my kids. They tell me that like they get upset, nervous. They think they flee the scene whenever I try to sing them a song. Uh, in fact, it's so bad when I'm in the shower and I start singing to myself. I'm like, don't stop singing. This is awful. Interesting. Good take. Do you, are, you, are you a solid singer? You didn't really give an answer. Uh, I did give an answer. Oh, I don't know what I would do. I think I don't think I would sing. I think I'd be too afraid to sing in front of in front of like famous people. I'd rather cook for them and have them bash me. And I'm not mm-hmm. like a great cook by any means either. I mean, I'm not terrible. I think I'm it's less like, embarrassing too. Like, like if you make bad pork chops, then you're just bad pork chop guy. But if you sing horribly in front of like a national audience, then all of a sudden you're like, you know, you'll never live that down. You can live right. down a bad pork chop dish. Exactly. The stakes are much lower. Yeah, so pork chops are no like the vampires of the reality TV world. Boom, there you have it, full circle. That's a podcast. I don't think we should elaborate any further. I, I, I concur, Batman. Awesome. Good stuff. Everybody, we hope you have a great week. Hopefully by Friday we'll have a Carmelo Anthony trade. I'm not going to hold my breath. But, uh, yeah, man. Joe, you got anything good going on this week? Uh, just work, 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 work. As we're speaking, I got 9,000 emails about St. Joe, so... Something's happening with scene shows right now. Cool, cool. Good luck with that. I have to call every day for jury duty, so let's oh, root no. against let's root against jury duty. Hopefully, I don't get stuck with jury duty. Boo! I'm Boo. Uh, I, I have a pass for jury duty for life in the state of Pennsylvania. Why? Who did you kill? Nobody. I uh, my anxiety. Oh man, maybe I should try and do that. Well, I didn't try to do that. I have a maybe I should try to have a mental. Disorder. Yeah, let's not talk about Joe's mental defects on here. Good stuff. All right, Joe. Well, you have a good week. Good luck with St. Joe's. I will talk to you on Friday. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Follow me on Twitter at jmintshoops. Catch my basketball writing at fanrexsports.com. Joseph J O S E P H. Tell the good people <laughs> they could find you on Twitter at Joseph Nandone N A R D O N E. You can also find my writing at fanrysports.com. Hey, send us your AMA questions. Send us mailbag questions. We want to have a lot of questions on Friday's show, so send them to us. Yeah, do our work for us. All around me are familiar websites. Worn out clickbait. Worn out hotcakes. Bright and early for the daily link dumps. No one's clicking. No one's clicking. Their pupils are filling up their pockets, but not for writers. Not for writers. Hide my head, I want to do a slideshow. No tomorrow. No tomorrow. And I find it kind of funny. I find it kind of sad. The internet in which I'm worthless is the best I've ever had. I find it hard to tell you. I find it too hot to take. When people blog in circles, it's a very, very mad world. 